Welcome to this episode of the Fit and Healthy On Campus podcast, the podcast that gives you tips and resources on how to live fit and healthy on campus. I'm your host, Josh Delgado. Thanks for joining us today to discuss this week's topic, defeating the winter blues. We have some great guests with us today. I'm gonna to introduce you on my left first is Adam Ballin. Adam is the program coordinator for the fitness and health promotion program here on campus. Thanks for joining us, Adam. Thank you, happy to be here, Josh. Next is Corby Anderson. Corby Anderson is a ergonomic specialist and wellness consultant here on campus. Thanks for joining us. Thank you so much. And last but definitely not least, we have Julie, who is a online marketing specialist with the college. Hi, thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. So we're going to get right into it. We want to know what the winter blues is exactly. Can one of you help me define it? I guess I can start and you can all fill in as you see fit. So I think the winter blues is maybe a less intensified variation of seasonal affective disorder. Right. And from my understanding, it, it comes down to, um, it's not, there's no real consensus in literature, but it comes down to a balance, a delicate balance between dopamine and melatonin. And our, our mel so melatonin is a hormone that is released and it regulates our sleep cycles and circadian rhythms. Sure. And it uses the sun to do that. So as we have less sun in a day, mm -hmm. we tend to have uh, more melatonin and then we tend to sleep more. And that, that might uh, influence the general sleepiness or lethargic state that is accompanied by right. the condition. Right. Yeah. From a, from a chemical perspective, that might be one might be one explanation. For sure. Zen, you want to add to that? Um, I think it's um, something that affects only within a specific period of time. Like sure. you can have anxiety or depression year round, but I think um, when it comes down to the end of the year, people get burnout. There's a lot of stuff happening, especially with family and friends. Um, it tends to affect people a lot more without even realizing it. Right, for sure. Awesome. So. Um, that's sort of what it is in a nutshell, and we'll break it down a little more. Uh, but what I want to do is ask you guys, how do you know, how does one note if they're suffering from the winter blues? Well, one of the first things we see a lot is oversleeping. You just have that sure. general lethargy throughout the day. Um, you go to bed at night, you're sleeping, you're not getting good restful sleep, waking up in the morning, and it feels like you need about three, four, five, six cups of coffee just to kind of get going. Right. We've all been there. Absolutely. <laughs> you want to add to that? Yeah, I think the winter blues are generally accompanied by a lack of motivation as well. It's cold outside. There's an excuse to stay indoors. The sun goes down earlier. Right. And in tying back into the melatonin piece that is linked to the disorder, whether it's the full sad or the less intense winter blues, Generally, there's a lowered level of uh, dopamine in the brain and mm -hmm. dopamine is a hormone or it's really a neurotransmitter, but it's a neurotransmitter that controls neural pathways around movement and learning and new learning and um, motivation as well. So if you have less dopamine, you may be less motivated to get up and do things. For sure. For me, I didn't really know that I had it. <laughs> Self-awareness is a huge piece of that puzzle um, until I really went to therapy and got an official diagnosis on what I had, I didn't realize that it was actually part of what was going on with me. So right. um, being able to just kind of recognize the things that um, Adam and Corby were talking about and then just kind of um, expanding into figuring out how your um, your personality traits can affect it too. Um because it's not a uh, one size fits all, like you have anxiety or you overeat or you oversleep. Right. It tends to be a lot more customized depending on cause and effect. 
Um, so certain things that happened in your past might actually affect you and you don't even know it. And, you know, you have a bad Christmas 10 years ago and it's still affecting you now. Right. And another point on to that as well, and I think you mentioned it as well, the appetite changes. Mm. So you might have certain one certain appetite kind of leading in for the rest of the year. And then all of a sudden you're getting into the winter months and you're starting to crave a whole bunch of carbs or you just don't want to eat. So we find that weight fluctuations that you'll see um, is really prevalent around those winter months. For sure. Yeah. For sure. My mental health is definitely tied with my appetite. Mm. The second I get into the, one of those modes, I can't eat. I, last winter, I lost about 15 pounds wow. as a result. You know, everybody regulates their weight differently based on your genetics, but but I I can I can agree with Julie and say too, like I'm an emotional eater. I grew up in an Italian and Ukrainian family, and when things weren't going well, or even when they were, there was food on the table, right? <laughs> so right. that that also accompanies the winter blues, right? The holidays, there's more food around. Corby mentioned the cravings, but I wanted to make a point too on, on Julie's um I guess not plight or plea, but talking about going to talk to your doctor, you know, getting involved with the counselor, maybe if you need it, there might be some trauma that you've never even dusted off, especially sure. if you're a younger adult, you might still feel stigmatized around this. And I just really, as an exercise and health professional, I really would, you know, strongly encourage, and it's all over the media, don't just go on meds, you know, you can do the work, diet, exercise, proper sleep, therapy, you, you know, you can, you can cure your anxious and depressive ailments in, in, in a much more healthy way than just going on medication. Right. You yeah. may need medication at some point, but I don't think it should be the first step. Yeah, my personal opinion is everybody should be in therapy. I think everybody has something wrong with them. It's a matter of how you're able to cope with it. And not everybody has the tools to do that. Doing therapy, going to a counselor, even talking to family or friends can give you a lot more resources than you expected. But it's that one self-awareness piece, but two, there isn't a problem being having this having anxiety depression that doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you right. everybody has it um so being able to destigmatize it in 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 that whole realm of it is a huge important part of it because if i don't want to go for help because i think people are going to make fun of me or see sure. me in a different way that's that's a major barrier to it too absolutely and we'll get into a little bit more uh, about the resources um such as counseling in a second uh, but i want to I want you guys to help me sort of paint a picture of um, who sort of gets affected most by seasonal affective disorder or the winter blues. Who's sort of the prime demo demograph? If it's if we're tying it to sunlight, even though there is no real complete consensus um, from from whether it's psychiatrists or whether it's neuroscientists, but if we're tying it to sunlight, you know what I've read is that it generally affects people who live a little further away from the equator. Sure. Um, I, I pulled an interesting research study as I was doing some reading for this pod actually, and um, in 2010, 14 percent of um, uh, citizens in Oslo, Norway, were affected from seasonal. Uh, sad. What, why do I keep forgetting the name? Seasonal affective disorder. And that's just seasonal affective disorder. If sure. we minimize that down to the less intense winter blues, then I'm, I'm sure that number just explodes, right? right? Because it, it's, it's the less intense version of sad. And of course, we're, we're giving it a, a general sort of name. We're naming it winter blues or, or sad. But of course, that encompasses a whole a list of um, symptoms, emotions, et cetera, et cetera. That's correct. Yeah. So for those who are affected by it, especially those on campus, staff, students, et cetera, what can someone do about it? What are some quick tips, some, some things that they can start doing today 
to help battle this? I think uh, first is being able to talk to people about it. Um, we do have people on campus, counselors. I talked to my manager, actually. He, awesome. He's, um, him and his uh, boss actually both had a conversation with me about it and gave me um, a whole lot of, um, uh, or sorry, a whole bunch of resources um, from HR that I could go to uh, mentioning stuff like meditation rooms mm -hmm. and the uh, prayer rooms, their sleep pods, if you're having issues sleeping um, that I've personally used. I've, um, uh, for me, also gym, the, the routine of going to the gym at lunch, um, I go with one of my coworkers, being able to talk to her on the way to the gym about right. things that are happening um, have helped me quite a bit. Off campus, I use a lot of resources on my phone. There's Habit or Fabulous, which are two great habit trackers. Awesome. Um, for me, it's helped because um, it's a year-long thing for me. And if I don't build in those routines, then I have a lot of difficulties in my regular day. Um, so I do simple things like drink water, um, have a shower, make dinner, um, eat dinner. Because those are small things that you might think, why do you need a reminder for that? But I do. I really do. At the end of the day, it's um, it's affecting me to the point where those basic things I just overlook. Sure. And sleep is a massive one that I overlook on a regular basis. Um, so being able to have those resources, also meditating, I use the Calm app or there's Headspace right. um, that helps me meditate. I have a, a, over a thousand day streak. Um, they have sleep stories, Good so stuff. they help me sleep, but um, it's definitely helped me a lot um, in managing it. I'm definitely not um, you know, one with the spirit world or anything like that, but for me, it's definitely helped me pull out of those moments a lot faster right. and help them happen a lot frequently. Good stuff. So habit tracking, meditation, using apps yes. have really worked for you. Creating routines, I think, help a lot. Good it's stuff. the consistency of it. Um, when you don't, when your brain is very inconsistent, it helps you a lot. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Yeah. Um, just adding on to that whole concept, as you mentioned, is about tracking your eating. Right. And looking at some of your eating pitfalls that you might have. A lot of times during this time of year, you're trying to go for the quick carbs. You're trying to go for sure. the sugary drink. Yep. You're just trying to get through it, like mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, trying caffeine. to get the coffee yep. right, and the caffeine and all. So if you're starting to see those things, you got to look at, okay, well, why is this happening? Right. And then what can I substitute in between that? Right. And I know here on the campus, on each of the campuses, with Airmark, there is a lot of, I guess, nutritional resources mm -hmm. that we can go and definitely utilize. For instance, if you have more dietary restrictions, this right. is for both staff and students, all right, you can go and ask them for more assistance and help. Okay. And how does that work? Well, what you can do is you can contact um, Airmark directly mm -hmm. and they'll definitely be able to Give assist suggestions. you. On, yeah, exactly. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yeah, I've got several pieces. Those were fantastic answers and I'll kind of add to, but go a different direction. Um, th there's countless research studies in psychiatry, which is a peer-reviewed journal that talks about just simply supplementing vitamin D. Right, we don't. Sure. Vitamin D it has it does so much inside of our body. Mm -hmm. You know, helps uh, helps our cells regulate cholesterol and so many other different things. Links to calcium, which which pumps in and out of every cell every time we move or think. So that that's an easy fix. Get out and get sunlight. These are quick fixes. Right. Harder when we're busy. You know, with the stress of the travel and the finals on campus and things like that. So for students, I think 
um, if it's if it's related to some of the anxiety and depressive pieces and, and they maybe feel stigmatized, I think the best thing that students can do is just take the first step, which is the hardest step. And for me, it's just come see your advisor or coordinator. I mean, right. I'm a program coordinator in, in our program. Uh, Josh is a faculty in our program as well. I visit our student first year classes every couple of weeks and just right. remind them about things. Hey, if you're stressed out, you know, we have tutors. Hey, if, you, if you're falling behind, you know, we can, we can triage you to the right places. I don't think triage is the best word that I'll use with them, but that's essentially what it is. Right. Um, and then I think one important piece that we really haven't discussed yet around, around the, the, the fixes, even though it's a longer term fix is, um, is you have to get elevated you have to exercise. You've got to get elevated levels of oxygen to the brain. Uh, we, there's this magic miracle grow like compound in our brains called brain derived neurotropic factor. And outside of helping with neurogenesis and new thought processes, it, it can almost reverse the neural patterns around anxiety and depression. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is proven through literature. I didn't bring any studies to cite, but, um, that happens when you exercise and you sure. get more oxygen to the brain, right? Uh, when you exercise and get more oxygen to the brain, you have more dopamine and serotonin release. Those are our happy hormones. So that's another, I think it's an easy fix, but if mm. you struggle with it, you just might need help. But again, you see an advisor or, and if you're a student in my case, you come see me, a program coordinator, we can, we can help direct you to the right places to get the help that you need. Right. And exercising is free on campus. Almost everyone has access to the athletic and wellness center and has a free membership. Um, and even if you don't have access to that, um, there are other resources that we'll talk about in a minute that people can use to get external fitness subsidies, for example. <clears throat> you also mentioned vitamin D supplementation. I do a, an annual physical exam with my doctor and every time the blood work comes back and my vitamin D levels are low. And he says, you know, the doctor says everyone's vitamin D levels are low in Canada. That's why they, they put it in your milk and other, you know, uh, foods. And so we should all be taking vitamin D supplement from my doctor. It's what he's saying. There are 45 essential nutrients that we need to be taking in every single day. And even though nutritional science is a pretty new science compared to like biomechanics or physiology, which are hundreds of years old or more, um, so there might be some disagreement on it, but there are 45 nutrients you have to take in every day because your body cannot synthesize them, right? Right. And vitamin D is one of those. Right. So if, if we have less vitamin D, that's one of 45, you know, you exercise and health professionals like Josh or I get to think about, and, and Corby, sorry, um, think about, you know, what else are people missing in their right. body that you can get from diet? And sometimes blood work and, uh, and Corby mentioned tracking your calories, like these are, the, these are the easiest things you can do. And Julie even spoke about being organized, right? Using your apps, food tracking apps. Uh, yeah, we need to eat better, move sure. more, get sunlight. Absolutely. And I think one other thing to put on this, which is so important, socialize. Right. Socialize. With this, with SAD a lot of times, a lot of people want to just go inside themselves and they don't want to go and interact with other people. Right. So that's such a huge thing is just socialize with other people and you'll be able to talk about some of your feelings and stuff. And if not, sometimes it's just to move around. Right. Gab someone, they'll get you to move. And if you get a couple of movements, that might change some behaviors inside. Agreed. And we see that a lot with students as well, mm -hmm. students who are looking for an outlet. And so they go to the gym, they start mm -hmm. to move to help battle something like the winter blues. Mm -hmm. And then it becomes social. They make friends. And if they're lucky enough, they also find another outlet like a varsity team in the facility mm -hmm. or an extramural or intramural sports team that they can uh, play with. And that's a whole other outlet for them. It's not just physical activity. Now it becomes 
a social thing. And there's a whole load of benefits that come along with that too. It, there's a student subsidy for starting a new club, I believe too. Like you, students can, can pitch an idea to start a brand new club. It doesn't have to be athletic or fitness based, right? That's, no, absolutely. that's another option on campus through the CCSAI for, for social interaction too. I think. Yeah. The student association has a lot of additional resources that students should look into, including student clubs and, um, possible funding that student clubs can, can have access to. And, you know, we've seen clubs like a meditation club or, um, you know, physical activity related clubs. So people can get together, you know, they have a great idea, they get funding towards it and it becomes a whole other outlet for them. For sure. Right on. What other resources on campus uh, that you, are you guys familiar with that both staff and students can reach out to? Well, one thing definitely, as you as we we're all mentioning about movement, is there's walking groups that we have right. here at each one of the campuses, both internal and external. Literally, you can go over to CCSI or you can go to any one of the other gyms at any one of the other campuses. And there, there's a little leaflet. It's kind of folded in four. Right. You open it up and it has actually a mapped route to walk a kilometer or a mile wow. within the campus or even outside the campus. That's and wonderful. And it gives you some really good tips on how to start walking and what should I um, go with. And one of the big things we say, if you want to start something, grab a friend. Right. Because that friend will hold you accountable to it. And it gives you a conversation to have as you're walking. Right. Yeah, if it wasn't for some of my coworkers, I probably wouldn't be going to the gym. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I definitely have the motivation because I have somebody there that's been my support system basically from day one, which good has stuff. been which has been good. Right. I also I, I go for walks around the campus, mm -hmm. and I run into some regulars. I wonder if they're using the walking routes. I think many of them are have that's found great. it first, and right. then it was just. From there, they're constantly going. I keep forgetting they exist. I do my own little route, right. but I should make a point to to try all the routes. Yeah, yeah, because we're we're lucky enough at Centennial at all campuses to have really beautiful grounds to walk around Absolutely. on. Um, what do you know about the Downsview campus? And so, yeah, I know Downsview is one of our newest campuses. Right, gorgeous campus, and what they do there is there's a huge recreational multi-sport facility, right, which is just outside there. And what they've done for both staff and students is you'll have access at certain times to the ice rink to play soccer or um, there's a ton of other resources around there. There's also um, a hoop dome there. Right. And you can also go and play basketball at certain set hours. Awesome. So you can just talk to one of the staff members there over at Downsview and they'll definitely be able to give you more information. Good stuff. Awesome. So thanks for sharing, guys. Yeah. Thank you for joining us for episode two, Defeating the Winter Blues. Make sure to join us for next week's episode on the topic, Healthy Eating on Campus, where we will be joined by special guests, Jordan Tam and Jane Skapinker. 